Hey, what's up, everybody? It's party time. It's Wednesday. I um, am going to set this little timer right here so I'll know when to stop talking. How about that? Oh, my gosh. I'm in the holiday mood. Can't you tell? We uh, we put out a fun little clip last night. CJ tried to ambush me with a little, with a little Instagram reel. By uh, We were in our kitchen. I had cooked dinner last night. You guys have probably seen it. The big debate about the plate. Um she tries to give me a hard time because when I come home with fast food, if I bring it home, I, I live in my truck. I live on the road. I eat in my truck. 80% of my meals are eaten on the move. If I actually bring a meal home, I like to put it on a plate and eat it. I try not to bring fast food home, but when I do, I still put it on a plate, I like a glass plate, not a paper plate. Because if you put ketchup on a paper plate, it soaks. The, it's weird. It just soaks through the plate. That's gross. It's weird. Put it on a glass plate. Put it on some fine porcelain. Put it on a little china. And she likes to make fun of that because you should just eat out of the wrapper. The girl takes my plates outside and feeds the dogs. The dogs get to eat off of a plate, but I got to get a hard time about it? Yeah. All you people out there that want to decide with her, you're dead to me, okay? You're dead to me. Anyway, I hope you guys are having a great Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> Brandon and George are in the mothership. They are there in Studio 22. What's up, boys? What's up? What's up? Yo, yo, yo. What's up? Did you guys see the clip of LeBron James going into the basketball game, uh, Lakers Mavericks, and uh, they're playing this? They're playing the national anthem, right? You see that clip? Yeah, yeah, I did. He's a piece of shit, dude. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, I wish he. Uh, you know, luckily I can separate the art from the artist because I have to root for the Lakers. But boy, he yeah. doesn't make it easy. I miss Kobe so much. Yeah, I understand. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not going to go there, I've, I've got jokes I could make, but I'm not going <laughs> to touch it, um, um, about, you know, helicopters and things like that. But I will tell you, LeBron James is just garbage. I mean, he is just a walking piece of shit. Um, just an entitled walking piece of shit. Um, th this, this is what happens when you give millions upon millions upon millions of dollars to a teenager who, who has no values whatsoever and then suddenly believes that his ass doesn't stink. Anyway, he's walking, he's courtside, he's walking there, and, he, and, he, and the national anthem is playing, and he sits down for it. You see, the reason that bothers me, and I don't care if I go to a baseball game or, or wherever, and I just see the average person who just chooses to ignore the national anthem or chooses to sit down, not stand up, or just you know continues to eat their hot dog or whatever and, or have a conversation. When you're doing that, when you're showing that lack of respect, it's not that, you know, I need you to stand and salute and put your hand over your heart. I wish you would. I wish you would give it some attention and just respect what the thing stands for. You know, symbols like the flag or symbols like that song represent something bigger than us. What you're in essence saying is I'm bigger than that. Now, again, you may, as a black man, you may want to say, um, you know, this country was built on this or that, the scars, the sins, the slavery, all of these horrible things. But you, ha you do understand, guys, that a country as great as America has been historically didn't do it all wrong and just fall into success. I mean, y you don't just fall into uh, greatness. You don't accidentally do it. I mean, it's like... Uh, it, it, it's like, my, you know, one of my buddies says, you know, nobody woke up uh, this morning a millionaire and doesn't know how they got there. 
You, di- you didn't just go over there, screw everybody over and say, look at me, I'm, I'm successful. America wasn't just built on, on horrible things. It was built on a lot of sacrifice. It was built on a lot of great principles, a lot of values, a lot of virtue. A lot of smart people had a lot of great ideas on why America should be the way that it is. And those ideas have lasted for generations. Yes, there were some there were some uh, scars and sins sprinkled in because there's people sprinkled in. And when you have people involved, there's always going to be problems. But again, it wasn't just all negative stuff. So there are people who died for this country. There are people who sacrificed. There are people who've given everything. There's people who came to this country. And, and I might add came because we have to these days. They came legally. They migrated to this country. And as immigrants, they went through the process of starting with absolutely nothing and came from abject poverty and made something of themselves or at least gave their family for future generations the foundation for which to build. America stands for freedom. America stands for liberty. Uh, 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 America stands for, historically speaking, that ability to liberate those that are oppressed, whether it's here or across the globe. You know, there are people who have died for those values. Whether we're embracing those values as a corporate nation these days, I don't know. I, I can't judge their hearts. I, I, I tend to think that they're, we're not. Like we, we have gotten so power hungry and money hungry that we've thrown those values to the wind and in exchange for the future generation, which again is why I find it so hypocritical that these politicians stand on a TV camera and say that the biggest threat, the biggest existential threat to America today and to the world today is climate change. You don't give a damn about the future generations because you're squandering it on on your own lasciviousness and your own lifestyles of luxury without any sacrifice whatsoever. So I don't really take to heed a whole lot of stuff when you start worrying about the future generations. I think you're just blowing smack to make more money and get more power. But again, we have got to we have got to look at what we built, what it stands for and who sacrificed to get it that way. And then maybe throw your hand over your heart just to, you know, for a minute and a half, just as a brief little gesture to say, you know, LeBron James, if you'd have been born in, I don't know, let's say China or Rwanda, and I don't care how tall you and gifted you are, LeBron, but if you'd have been born in the sedan, you probably you probably would not have had the same opportunities to be the piece of shit that you are today. But yet, here we are. Here we are. Ah, I'll go back to eating off of my plates. <laughs> Clip number one is where I want to go, boys. Let me tell you something. Wow. Um, so... Um, this guy, this Turkish politician, he stands up, he's talking about Israel and just really barking out against Israel and how God's going to, you know, Allah is going to judge Israel. And then this happens. Play clip number one. Allah'ın gazabından kurtulamayacaksınız. Hepinizi saygıyla selamlıyorum. Boom. There he falls out. He just had a heart attack. Uh. So they rush up there to attend to him. Another one of the parliament members, it was a physician. Uh, the last I heard, and this was last night, I haven't followed up on this story this morning, but the last I heard was um, uh, he was in critical condition. So, you know, you get up there, you start barking anti-Israel sentiments, and then Allah is going to judge you, and then bam, there you go. Um, I'm not Jewish, but I'm just going to say that if I were, <laughs> boy, I would have had a field day with this. And I, again... Um, let me I'll go ahead and wish him well. But if, but if, but if he had done that towards Christians and said, you know, Allah's going to judge you, which, again, they do say that and then collapse with a heart attack, I'd be like saying, boy, that's some wrath of God stuff going on right there, huh? 
Um, wow. I mean, I guess it caught up with you sooner than later, buddy. Um, I, I don't know if you guys have seen what Joe Biden has said about the southern border. Um, it, it's not much. And when he does offer a little bit of rhetoric, it's not very redemptive in terms of good news or optimism about what this administration tends to do with our southern border. Southern border is indeed wide open. I'm happy to have that debate with anybody that wants to have it. It is the most porous op open border system uh, and situation on the globe, as best I can tell. It's ridiculous that we're allowing ourselves literally to be invaded. Joe Biden um, you know, he's out walking around naked in the White House at night, according to Alex Jones on uh, Tucker Carlson's program. Uh, he doesn't know what's going on. He can't find the door to the White House, much less does he have a clue about what's happening down in uh, Eagle Pass, Texas or Del Rio. So play. Here's what he had to say about uh, uh, the border security for the United States of America. Play clip number two. Holding Ukraine funding hostage in the attempt to force through an extreme Republican partisan agenda on the border is not how it works. We need real solutions. Um, that's an extreme Republican partisan agenda? What we're saying about the border is an extreme? Uh, once again, I want to go back to my litmus test. I'm not concerned about a splinter cell of Republicans popping up in the United States and, and spouting their extremist ideologies. But I am concerned about people who do not hold to the values or have assimilated into the culture of America, don't value our freedoms and our way of doing things. I mean, they don't even give a damn about our language, much, much less our constitution or our ways of life. They've already crapped on our, on our you know, legal system by coming in here the way that they have. They've already abused that system by taking advantage and taking the free money and the handouts and the welfare and the social security and the travel and the and the free homing and, and the relocation and all of these things that the, our government has offered them. They don't care about those things. Who who amongst them in the military, you know, military aged fighting males I'm worried about them a little bit. If that makes me an extremist, well, then I guess I'm an extremist. I'm a little bit concerned about that deal. But fear not. Joe Biden has the solution. He says he wants real solutions. So um, the guy the guy can't take a shit without saying the word Ukraine out loud. Um, and Zelensky, of course, Vladimir Zelensky came to Washington, D.C., had a little visit with you know, these clowns like Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell. Oh, and then President Puppethead Joe Biden. Uh, and here's here's what you get. Play clip number three. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hush up a second, OK? I got one more thing to say. I just signed another $200 million drawdown from the Department of Defense for Ukraine, and that'll be coming quickly. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know if that pisses you off, but that pisses me off. Ho, ho there. Hush up now, you little peons. How dare you keep talking or asking your questions while I have a huge announcement to make. Hey, you, the guy that's helped us launder billions of dollars over the years, your country, one of the most uh, one of the most corrupt governments on the globe historically. Uh, we just signed another deal for two hundred million dollars. 
Hey guys, let me, let me tell you guys a little, little story, a little inside thing that's been going on with me here lately. And um, take it for what it's worth. But this, this, is, this is how bureaucracy works, okay? So I have a particular LLC. I have a number of different LLCs in which I do business, under which I do business. And one of my LLCs, which has, has not been used for the last, I don't know, 18 months because we shut everything down on that business um, and moved it to other places. Uh, there was one little box, apparently, that didn't get checked. I don't, I don't know what exactly happened. I don't know where the, the detail or the, you know, the check mark got missed. But um, I got a letter in the mail about a month ago from the Texas comptroller. The Texas comptroller says, well, you didn't pay quarterly taxes on this business. You, did, you didn't send in you know, the, the, the quarterly payment on this LLC for doing business. Well, we didn't do business. We, we earned, we made, we grossed literally zero dollars, zero dollars. And so they said, well, we're gonna freeze a certain bank account uh, to the tune of $44,000. Brandon, I don't know about you, um, but that's still, reasonably decent change to me oh you it's, know, yeah 44, it's, a, it's enough that i would get you know pretty mad it's one of those those yeah. are the situations where i get go like you know what i get timothy mcveigh i i kind of understand it <laughs> <laughs> so my guys one and one of my old cpas they immediately launched into dealing with the texas comptroller now in, in, in uh, you know, Glenn Hager's office, Glenn, you can call me on the phone if you'd like to discuss this. Uh, but uh, their office didn't call back. Uh, their office, first of all, sent the letter to the wrong address. When it finally made it, got forwarded to me uh, two weeks after the fact that they had signed and dated this letter. Uh, they, uh, they came to me and they said, um, or they, we called them on the phone, which is what they asked us to do. And they didn't answer. We went to voicemail. We called again the next day. They did. So, you know, now we're four weeks in and we finally got a call back to the point where we're trying to walk through the process of zeroing out everything because there was nothing there. And you know what I'm going to have to do, Brandon? Let me, let me go one step further. I'm probably going to have to pay a fine of about, um, of about a hundred dollars a month for every month that they're, uh, they're that they're blaming us for, it'll probably work out to about seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars. You know why I'll have to pay that fine? Because um, they didn't they didn't close out the account properly. They didn't do it, and now uh, they're going to hold us accountable for not paying those taxes quarterly. And all those months that we made literally zero dollars on that business, zero dollars. I'm going to have to pay seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars in fines, which is way better than forty-four thousand being frozen. But uh, no, don't worry about it. While we little peons down there are told to hush by the president of the United States, while we deal with the government who literally sticks their fingers in our everyday business, forty-four thousand dollars got spent in the blink of an eye. Millions got spent in the blink of an eye by the federal government, and they're and they're going to harass people like me and people like you. And then turn around and say, hush. And in some big statement, say, I just want you to know I signed another agreement for another 200 million for Ukraine. Now go fuck yourselves. That pisses me off. That pisses me off. And at some point in time, if you don't understand as an American citizen that you're being screwed without lube, then you need to wake up and realize that the rape is happening, folks. And people can tell me to cry more. They can tell me that I'm whining about something. And you're damn right. I'm pissed off about this whole thing. We're going to keep throwing money to Volodymyr Zelensky, who's in a war zone, apparently, that has time to shoot, you know, cover photos and spreads for Vogue magazine. You guys can kiss my ass. Joe Biden tell me to hush. Let me tell you something. If I was his puppet master, I'd squeeze his fucking sphincter so hard that he'd puke his guts out. So kiss my ass, Joe. All right. We got to go to a break.
somebody sent a message to the blaze and says, I love that cowboy who cusses too much. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that would be me. We knew exactly who they were talking about. All right, guys, there's a lot of stuff to be nervous about out there. They're coming for your money, coming for your guns, coming for your free speech. You've opened up the social media. You see the news. You see the crime. You see the societal decay. A lot of people are going out to buy a gun. They want to be safe. Problem is they stick the gun in the safe, and they don't train with it. They don't know how the thing works, and they, if they ever get themselves in a situation, they're going to hurt the wrong person, or they're going to hurt themselves, or it could be you know tragic. So you need to train, and it's expensive to train, but that's why I target pro was invented. Uh, you can. Uh, you don't have to go to the range. You don't have to spend money on you know through the roof prices of ammo. You can train right there in the comfort and convenience and safety of your own home. You download iTarget's proprietary app. You load your caliber-specific laser bullet in your firearm and you train. Uh, you can practice alone. You can compete with friends. You can use it to safely train friends and family who are new to firearms. I want you to go to iTargetPro.com. Makes a great Christmas gift. I get you. I'll get you ten percent off uh, at checkout when you use offer code CHAD. I spell it Chad. Smartest and safest way to train. It's why competitive shooters trust dry fire training as part of their daily regimen. So get yours today. The letter I targetpro.com and use offer code Chad. Be right back. Oh, yeah, let's get that timer going again, boys. It's hard being at home, you know. Not really. It's not that hard. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, there's a new poll out there that finds rampant mail-in voting fraud in the 2020 election. Um, there could be, and this is a conservative estimate, there could be, it appears that there's more than 14 million ballots cast in 2020 that were fraudulent. You know, I, I know that everybody in this thing, I'm going to be careful with my words because, I, you know, we're going to get strikes against us on YouTube and we're going to be fact checked and we're going to be labeled misinformation and all these things. But at some point in time, um, let, let me just put it let me let me just put it to you this way. One in five who cast in mail in ballots during the 2020 presidential election admit to participating in at least one kind of voter fraud, according to a new poll. And that is a Russ Rasmussen poll. Uh, and also the Heartland Institute. 21% of mail-in voters admitted they filled out a ballot for a friend or family member. Hmm. 19% of mail-in voters admitted that a friend or family member filled out a ballot on their behalf. You know this is true. You literally know this is true. 70% of mail-in voters admitted they voted in a state where they were no longer a permanent resident. 17% of mail-in voters said they signed a ballot for a friend or family member with or without his or her permission. Every one of those folks, that is what you call voter fraud. So when you have your Twitter rereads who say, there was no Twitter, there was no voter fraud, all you Trumplicans and all you Magats and all you, you Trump tards, you guys are out there talking about voter fraud. Um, listen, if 21% of all mail-in ballots were fraudulent in 2020, listen, is, you, you got to remember that the number was probably higher because the survey questions were not mutually exclusive. Uh, though there's a certain certain there is certainly some crossover between categories. Some voters committed fraud by filling out a ballot for a friend or family member, while an entirely different subset of voters committed fraud by casting mail in ballots in a state which they didn't even live in. So um, uh, th this is this is uh, there were 11, almost eleven hundred people that were polled in a margin of error plus minus three percentage points, ninety five percent level of confidence. Um, that's amazing to me. That is absolutely amazing to me. 
So if you trust the Cook political report, 158 million, 100, 158,397,726 votes were cast for Joe Biden. Um, Donald Trump or another candidate in 2020 taking 90%. So all that's how many votes were cast total. Take 9% of this total. That means more than 14 million ballots cast in 2020 were fraudulent. 14 million. And that's a conservative estimate. Um, and again, this is not the opinion of this show. I'm going to put this out there. This is not something that I'm saying. This is the poll. This is the survey. Um, uh, and by the way, let's be fair about it. The percentages of voter fraud among Republicans, Democrats, and unaligned voters were largely similar. Um, so, but that doesn't mean they just canceled each other out. So, uh, yeah, the overall numbers, man. Uh, according to the survey, 38% of Biden voters submitted mail-in ballots compared to only 23% of Trump voters. So that means that it's very likely, mathematically speaking, that the Biden campaign received a much larger overall share of likely fraudulent votes. Um, it, it, so what's going to happen in 2024? That that trend is not going to change. Um you know, I think more people, not less. I, well, I don't know. I say that, you know, I tend to think that more people should show up, should show up to vote. Although I think the confidence in voter, um, you know, integrity or election integrity is way down. Uh, and I think a lot of people are going to choose just to not vote. But, but if you compare the tale of two elections, 2016 versus 2020, 2020, they had the algorithm turned up so high that it was ludicrous. It was blaringly evident. But then if you go back and you compare that back to 2016, Hillary Clinton didn't even win a fixed election. They, she was a shoe-in. When they were sitting there saying that she was 98% to 2% on, against Trump, that the polls had her at 98, 99% victory margin— in the polling, listen, they knew it was nobody in their right mind was going to elect Donald Trump president of the United States. But as we know, that's exactly what happened. So I want to encourage you. Let's let's do a 2016. Let them be overconfident and let's blow their algorithm out of the water. I, I, I still believe if nothing else it's just like I said in the first segment. You know, you might look at America and her sins and say, I don't want to stand for the national, you know, the, 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 the national anthem. I want to sit or I want to just keep eating my chicken leg and just or whatever, my, my hot dog at the ball game and not even worry about it. There are certain institutions that I believe you have a privilege to be a part of and to honor. And that ability to go out and vote in an election is one of those privileges. Um, and I and I go further than saying it's a right. It's a privilege because because not everybody has the right to go vote. There's certain people that can't go vote in this country. So you have the privilege to go vote. I want to encourage you exercise that privilege. Even if you don't think it's going to count, exercise that privilege. Show up on Election Day. And vote. Um, I know there's people out there who say, well, you need to you need to vote early and all this kind of stuff. Um, I'm one of those people who believes there should be an election day that the vote should be counted that night. They should be they should have a, you know, a signature. 
I believe it should be a paper ballot. I believe it should be hand counted. I believe there should be a third party observation, whether it's through a camera and a living individual. Um, I, I believe in all of those things. We don't have any of that stuff right now. We still have voter machines. We still have mail-in ballots. We still have ballot harvesting. All of these things that are going on are not good for our country. And so for me, I like to show up on Election Day and cast my vote. That's me because, again, I'm a traditional person. That's what I believe in, and that's what I want to do. Um, and if you're going to vote early, don't do like this poll says and vote often. <laughs> and don't be, don't be mailing in somebody else's ballot. That's uh, – uh, and you got to remember, mail-in ballots are rejected at an astounding rate. They put them in the machine, and the machine kicks them out. You think they're going to sit there and spend all the time when they got hundreds of thousands of ballots to count? You think they're going to sit there and just keep feeding yours in like you know you feed your card in at the refreshment machine at the hotel lobby? I mean, do you think you're just like you're trying to you know uh, not going to keep doing that? So, um, in the uh, in the uh, New York. They used mail-in ballots during the primary elections in 2020. 21% of ballots were rejected due to errors. In Pennsylvania, the same scenario played out with more than 20% of mail-in ballots rejected due to voter errors. So um, that's that's 550,000 votes that were rejected in the presidential primaries. Uh, and don't forget, uh, in... in um, uh, in the prime in, in the 2016, 318 million 728. I'm sorry, 318,000. I sound like Joe Biden at this point. 318,728 ballots rejected in 2016 general election, and um, that's New York, folks. That's New York. So there'll be people who say well, it doesn't matter what happens in New York. It's, it's, Donald Trump wouldn't have, he'd have lost no matter what New York. Well, that's an epidemic problem, folks. Absolutely epidemic problem. And, uh, you know, I don't know. So, um, uh, uh, you know, listen, I, I, my thing is, and maybe I am a traditionalist in a lot of ways. I find myself, the older I get, the older I get, the more I become like my father and my grandfathers who just kind of want to scoff at the world and say the world's gone to hell, the world's gone crazy, and there's no hope for anything because the generation that's coming along after us are just a bunch of bunch of peons and they don't have a, in their brains and they don't have a, you know, nothing's working, nothing's firing anymore. But then I think, you know, that's not true. There, there's some there's some good folks, there's some smart folks, there's some folks with some common sense coming along in this next generation. But I tell you what, we are we are screwing our institutions. They, I mean, they are so messed up. Uh, you know, everything from tearing down statues to revising history to ignoring, you know, the words of our founding fathers to, you know, kicking out our religious values, you know, our basis of faith, Judeo-Christian ethic. This idea that there's a right and a wrong, the idea that there are facts and and there's black and white in some areas. You know, we've we've gotten gender confusion and all this nonsense. And I'm like, come on, man. I'm like, is there everything is it's like trying it's like trying to build a house with jello at this point. We have no foundational framework on which to build anything anymore. And I believe things like our elections, I mean, yes, there needs to be reform, but by the grace of God, we've got to participate in the thing until the reform comes and keep pushing through, keep pushing through, because what you're going to do. OK, let me put it to you this way. What if what if you say, I'm not voting? You walk in your house, you say to your kids, I'm not voting in this election. 
elections are fraudulent. They're no good. And then suddenly, by by some miraculous thing, uh, in the next you know four to eight years, true election reform comes along. And uh, and at that point in time, your kids move off. They go to college. They're starting their careers. They're in their early twenties, starting their own family. And you know what's going to be stuck in their brains? What's going to be stuck in their brains is dad walking in the house. And even though the elections have become more secure. Dad walked in the house one day and said, oh, screw these elections. They're all fraudulent. You think they're going to go out and participate in those? Be careful what you do and be careful what you demonstrate. Because even though things are not good right now, make sure you practice what you know to be a good thing, even when you know. I mean, there's guys out there who can't win a football game in an entire season. But you know what? They still go out there and bust their ass at practice and play as though they're about to play the national championship. So I'm telling you, do the right things even when the wrong things are ruling over you. All right? That's all I'm telling you to do. It's not that hard. So sick of us defeating ourselves because, oh, Big Brother's got us. Well, he does have us by the short hairs. But you know what? That's not going to stop me from doing the right thing. All right, guys. uh, Listen. Uh, There are clowns that are running this joint, and they're turning it into chaos. And you know what? Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Um... You know, these guys have destruction on their mind from your life, your family, everything that fuels your community is destruction. So um, I want you guys to look at the world around you and say, is it unstable? Yeah, it's unstable. And I want you to do something about it for your family. And I want you to visit my website, preparewithchad.com. And I want you to get an emergency food kit. I want you to get one for every member of your family. Right now you get $60 off the four-week emergency food kit. From My Patriot Supply, they are the world's, uh, they're the country's largest preparedness company. My Patriot Supplies, they give you a fighting chance for survival in bad times. Listen, they got um, these delicious meals that last up to 25 years in storage, and they provide over 2,000 calories a day. So, you know, be able to eat in a in an emergency with a four week food kit from My Patriot Supply. It's a low price. You get it when you go to preparewithchad.com. Anytime you order before 3 p.m., you get same day shipping. Preparewithchad.com. Beat the chaos. We'll be right back. Oh, Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. What are you doing for Christmas? You traveling or what are you doing? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm flying home for, for like a week, 21st to the, yeah. the 26th. Yeah, go home, take, talk to the fam, you know, open some presents, <laughs> go, into a, go into a Laker game. I'll, I'll be sure to heckle LeBron for everyone. Yeah, do that. Do that. <laughs> I, uh, have you, uh, do you, do your family, like, do they, they avoid the politics, don't even care about it, or just kind of uh, chill and hang? Not really. I mean, it's kind of apolitical, but, you know, yeah. I, I like to be the crazy I mean, one in the family, so. Yeah, you've yeah. done a good job. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, you know, the stuff that I do, the stuff that I do, I'm kind of, we don't ever talk about politics. Like the thing that drives me crazy, one of my pet peeves is somebody will come to a show and, you know, I'm up there telling jokes, doing my thing. Right. And, and I understand this, this human nature, but it is still kind of a pet peeve. And then I'll go over to the merch table or whatever. And there's a big line of people. They want to come by, say hi or whatever. And somebody's like, Hey, I want to pick your brain for a second. I got a couple of questions I want to ask you. And I'm like, brother, time and place. This ain't it, man. There's, there's 60 people waiting behind you. They're wanting to come, you know, say hi. And, but I mean, people have no awareness of that kind of stuff. So yeah. fortunately family for the holidays ain't that kind of deal. So yeah. how, how long are you going to be out in LA? Uh, about about a week, week or so, and then I fly back. 
Yeah, you flying to LAX when you do that? No, no. Luckily, this time I'm flying to Burbank, thank God. Burbank. Yeah. Burbank's the way to go. Oh, man. yeah. Burbank's, Burbank's a cheat code compared to LAX. <laughs> yeah. We were, uh, I was looking at, uh, I, I got to go see my mother. Right. I got to go see my mother. I was looking at flights last night to, uh, the, man, I mean, they are gouging, you know, they're just absolutely gouging. Oh, yeah. Everything is horrible. So, anyway, well, that's good. I'm glad you're getting to go out there. We, you know, I was, uh, I did a video yesterday about, um, going to the grocery store and you know, it was a, it was a funny video. People, you put this stuff on Twitter. People don't get the joke. Trust me. They don't understand the jokes. And, um, I'll pull up a couple of things that I had written yesterday that I thought were funny, but I, I did the video about, you know, the government don't care about you. I mean, just go to the grocery store and see what kind of mess we're in. And, uh, I can't get to that account, but, um, you know, see what kind of mess we're in. And, uh, People are like, oh, the government goes to Kroger to set the, the prices on the deal. No, Kroger sets the prices. We know that. The grocery stores across the board do set the prices, but it's amazing how all of them set the same prices based on what they can get away with in inflation. And trust me, I sell enough stuff. I know about how you can raise prices a little bit incrementally, and people don't even notice it, and they're just expecting it because of inflation. But you can't forget that it's a fact that the gas to get the goods to the store is more expensive. Uh, that's a government issue. Transportation is more expensive. That's a government issue. Supply chain, that's a government issue. The, the bureaucratic nonsense that's put on farmers and ranchers out there, being able to ship stuff in from overseas, the packaging, uh, you name it, everything, keeping the lights on in the place, keeping the air conditioning or the heat on in the place. All of the stuff that it, the, the stuff that you got to pay for to take care of your employees, the workers' comp, the you know the insurance, all the different things you got to do, all of that's higher. So yeah, it does ultimately. People are like, you're a dumbass that doesn't know how an economy works. Well, I don't know that any of us truly understand how this economy works, but I do know when the man makes it more expensive for me. To, to run my business, I got to absorb that cost, and it's usually going to be with the consumer. So I can put two and two together and say, yeah, maybe I'm not as dumb as you think. But, uh, you know, I made the comment uh, yesterday on Twitter, and this thing kind of blew up. Several thousand people came at me on this thing about that movie that the Obamas are the executive uh, producers on, where it says, you know, don't trust white people. And I said, well, I guess that means. Pelosi and Schumer and Biden and Fetterman, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I said, I would throw Elizabeth Warren in there, but I don't want to be offensive to Native Americans. Now, again, the tweet or the post is a joke and people were losing their mind. You didn't see the context in which it was said. <laughs> and you don't see the context of the fact that I'm making a joke. I mean, it, it, the, the self own on people is absolutely insane. But then you go and you look at their profiles and they got 40 followers and you're like, you're not even a real human being. You're just not even a real that the, they've they've programmed the bots. How does that even work, Brandon? Like, how do how do the bot farms even work to know to come after people? Do you have a clue on that? I mean, I, not entirely, but usually it's just like one Asian dude with the wall of phones in front of him. Just, you know, really? mass, mass tweeting. Yeah, you can see some of them. Some of them are just like one dude with like 100 cell phones. You're yeah. shitting me. Yeah, some of them. I think some of the more sophisticated ones are completely automated. But yeah, like in China and like India, it's just one dude in a room with a wall of phones. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's really? actually yeah it's actually 
fairly simple in practice. We underestimate how much damage one dude with 100 phones just all day tweeting uh, can do. Well, I know that I, that makes sense because and I've because I've, you know, I've flipped between accounts before because I've had to manage another account one time. And that's a pain in the ass because I created an account one time when I got in a in a, a social media ban and I could flip between them. But I've noticed that some of the people who or the, some of the folks that troll me consistently use the same rhetoric or the same vocabulary. And I'm like, this has got to be the same person. So how is this person flipping between a dozen different um you know, accounts. And then it's like, ah, they must be, they must have a system whereby they can just do one thing and it just goes to all these different deals. Yeah. They're basically it. Yeah. They're good. They're efficient and they work for next to nothing. So you can, you can do a lot of damage with the Chinese bot farm. That's pretty much just a hundred dudes with a hundred phones each. You know, you do the math and it adds up pretty quick. Well, and that's what I try to explain to people as well, who, who say, Chad, you need to delete this person. Um, on your, um, let's see if I can find this video right quick. So you need to de- delete this person on your Facebook because uh, they're in- impersonating you. So let me just see if I can show you guys here um, if, if this will, if this thing will play. Um, I think this is a video. Maybe it's not, but I will just show you here that this. Uh, I don't want it. Oh, hang on. All right. Can you guys hear me again? I couldn't hear you there for a second. The um, I lost my I lost my mic there for a second. Um, am I back with you guys? Are we together? We got Brandon. you. We got you. Okay, good. Um, so I want to show you guys this. This is a uh, this is this is just from TikTok yesterday. If you can see this, this thing is going to scroll and scroll and scroll, and it's going to show you all the different Chad Prathers that are on. Uh, this is just showing you just a, sm- a smattering of Chad Prather accounts on TikTok alone that are out there. And people are saying, hey, you need, I mean, it's still going. It's still going. And people are going to say, oh, it's still going. I mean, it's still going. These are Chad Prather accounts. People say, you need to go in and get rid of these people. There's no possible way to do it. So if you're on Facebook and it says, I hate to drop in on you here like this, but or this is Chad Prather's online account manager. He appreciates you, and I know how much you appreciate him if you'd like to drop him a line. And you would think nobody would fall for that, but every day I literally get a ton of people who are sending me messages going, you said you wanted to chat with me. Here I am. What's up? <laughs> And I'm like, okay, um, I, I, listen, guys, please be careful out there. These people are trolling you. They're trying to scam you, and they're not here in America, and they don't understand English, and it's it's a bad deal. So um, be careful out there is all I'm going to tell you with that. But, uh, wow, I mean, bot farmers, that's, that's, that's incredibly spooky. All right, we got to go to a break. Um, uh, if you guys haven't seen The Blind yet, I want you to go get it. Uh, we can't give it to you in your subscription with Blaze TV, but we do want you to get it. And so we made it available where you can buy it uh, through Blaze TV. You don't have to give your money to Amazon or any of those guys. So uh, check it out. You can go to the uh, uh, blazetv.com slash the blind. It's the story of Phil Robertson and the Robertson family. Uh, it's, it's an incredible story of redemption. And so if you're kind of in that dark place yourself or know a family member or friend, who is help them go watch this movie? You can buy it for nineteen ninety nine at the Blaze 
at, I'm sorry, blazetv.com slash the blind. Hang tight. We'll be right back. It's uh, it's bittersweet, man. This is it's always you know this time of year. It's your the last week of shows, and um, we do have the final show of the year, which will be Monday. That is the eighteenth, um, and so do not miss it. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a good time. We're gonna make a big announcement, and, and uh, Sarah's gonna join me. Got a special guest coming in. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So uh, check it out and see what's up on Monday, the eighteenth. <clears throat> All kind of crazy things going on. Um, did you see? Did you see that story? <coughs> Excuse me. Where uh, Charlemagne the God, when he this was like last week when he called for Joe Biden to uh, he said provide the ultimate Christmas gift to America by bowing out of the 2024 contest. Here's the problem I have with that old Charlemagne. You're the one who uh, had old, old Joe on your show uh, promoting him back in the day. Remember the whole, you know, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. That yeah, you you promoted him, dude. So you're you should you should do everybody of solid ultimate Christmas gift and cancel yourself at this point because you're the reason that old bag of bones is in there. You're one of the reasons you help promote the guy. Now, again, I know Charlemagne gave some pretty solid commentary at the time. He was pretty fair. He's pretty reasonable, but you still gave the guy a platform and you put him out there and you knew the guy was 900 years old when you had him on a damn show. So I don't want to hear it at this point. Um, yeah. And, and that's these guys, they want to do that stuff and and then they want to turn around and say, oh, no, it's on Joe. Joe's got to do no, – no, no, bro, it's on you. So um, massive, massively ominous sign. Ford has dramatically slashed production of electric trucks to uh, match customer demand, which is a long way of saying people aren't buying that crap. They aren't buying that crap. I mean – the Ford F-150 Lightning, it, let me tell you something. It, that was, I mean, it, there's no telling how much. They planned to build like 150,000 of those things a year, uh, saying that customer demand began with 200,000 initial reservations for the vehicle, which is hard for me to believe. Um, they were producing like 3,200 of those F-150 Lightning trucks a week. Uh, now they're going to make 1,600 a week. So that's an ominous sign for the electric vehicle industry, let me just say. Ford didn't offer to give any more additional details behind their decision, but apparently people like to put gas in their car. They don't like to take naps next to a charging station. Um, you know, the biggest thing with me is if, if I'm driving as much as I drive, crossing this country over and over again, I mean, I have to map out, I have to plan where I'm going to stop, where I'm going to charge up the truck. Where I'm, it, it just doesn't make any sense. So, again, people who drive trucks, they just tend to not be your target market in my mind. I mean, we'll see how this thing turns out. But if they're already cutting production in half, um, so, I mean, the cheapest one of those suckers is is 50000 bucks for a Ford F-150 Lightning. 50000 bucks. It's about $13,000 more um, than uh, the cheapest gas-powered F-150. So... Uh, and Ford, by the way, is hemorrhaging money. They lost more than $3 billion on EVs this year. And um, so that's that's not a good deal. So, um, 
they'll they will have lost four billion dollars by the end of this year. Ah, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm not in the uh, the truck making business. I, I mean, and you can only imagine the pressure that those guys are under to to manufacture this stuff. Again, it goes back to what I was saying about grocery stores. Uh, no, the government the government isn't responsible for what vehicles Ford makes. Or are they when they've consistently put that kind of pressure on automobile manufacturers to to pursue the future trend of everything going zero emissions and no carbon footprint and everything electric vehicle? So you could say, oh, yes, the government's fault that Ford can't sell a truck. Well, it's the government's fault for pushing the propaganda to make Ford think that what they're going to have to do, if they're going to get their incentives and stuff like that from the government, and they're going to get their tax breaks and yada, 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 that, you know, the the, the people's demand is for electric vehicles. Well, you're going to find out the hard way. Just like Bud Light thought it was going to be okay um, to to throw Dylan Mulvaney on a Bud Light can and put that out there for, you know, and that was going to come out for March Madness. And by the way, if you think all that crap was one big accident that Dylan Mulvaney just happened to get a can and there was nobody at Bud Light or Anheuser-Busch that knew that was coming, you're stupid. You're just dumb. You know less about anything than I do about the economy. <laughs> but yeah. And then Dylan's out there, I don't even understand how basketball works, but I know Bud Light and tapping on the top of the can. Oh, my God. I'll never forget that. Anyway, the, these people, they're, they're told what to do, and then they do it, and then the American people push back and say, no, you guys totally missed the mark. Read the signs. I mean, my God, look around you and read the freaking room and understand that we're not interested in an electric truck. I want one that I got it's so loud I got to turn it off when I hit the drive through window so that when I bring home my fast food, I can eat it on my chipped paper uh, glass plate and make my girlfriend make TikTok videos over it. So boom, how about that? How about that? Yeah, I want to come in smelling like diesel fuel. That's what I want. All right, guys, don't buy an electric car. Hang tight. We'll be right back. guys uh tomorrow we'll get off the rails we'll we'll try to we'll see I, i'll have some i'll have some final thoughts for the end of the year for you some things that maybe will help you end the year more successfully and head into a new year with a new outlook so um make sure you tune in do me a favor please go to where podcasts are offered leave a rating five stars i think that's what we deserve leave a review um I know it gets tedious to do stuff like that, and those are just vanity ratings, but uh, we have been throttled so bad this year. I mean, if you go look at the YouTube numbers and you look at the amount of views that are on my YouTube uh, for this this show, any given episode, the numbers are absolutely dismal compared to – I mean, listen, when you got 368,000 – subscribers to a YouTube channel. I mean, back when I used to do videos in the truck, put them on YouTube on consistent basis, there were literally millions of people watching those videos. But then you go into a studio and you're part of Blaze TV and somebody puts a mark on your account that says, oh, this guy, he's not our kind of person. Uh, they don't give access to those 368,000 people to now see your videos or your programming. And so we might have five to 10,000 people who have watched the show according to YouTube. Those are dismal numbers. It doesn't match up. It's because Big Brother out there is pushing the buttons and, and pulling the levers, and we're the ones who suffer. You can overcome that algorithm, just, I talk, just as I talked about with the elections, by consistently clicking like, clicking subscribe, telling your friends about it, and making sure they know to go to the places where the show is offered. And one of the biggest ways you can help us is by leaving a rating and review. 
You guys are awesome. I appreciate you. Watchchad.com for all the fun stuff is. Do a little shopping on there. Check out where I'm going to be across the country. Don't forget to subscribe to blazetv.com slash chad. Use promo code chad to save. And we'll see you tomorrow. Love you. God bless you. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.